get your sermon notes out. We're going into a new series. We're calling it Greater Things. Somebody shout Greater Things. Shout it. Sometimes you need to say things because the things that you say, you have a tendency to remember. All right? The things that you just think, they just seem to fade away. But when you speak them, that's why we speak the Word of God. We want to get it out in the atmosphere. We want to make it make a, a difference. Scripture reads this way. I say to you, Jesus says this, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. You like that? Greater works. In fact, let's just look at that whole scripture. Uh, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Say that last line. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Somebody shout the name. Jesus, the name of Jesus. So the scripture reads, I want you to read that opening line. I say to you, he who believes in me. So some would say... And, and constantly we'll, we'll hear a little backlash. For whatever reason, there has been battle against the works, the supernatural works that are written in Scripture. But Jesus said, whoever believes in me, whoever, anybody believe in Jesus? So who is he talking to? Somebody say, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. Whoever believes in me, the works I do, he will, he will do also. And then the next statement is, Greater works, greater works. Have anybody ever uh, uh, wished that you could expect greater, but your terminology is more like, if it ain't one thing, it's another. Uh, we, we live by that rule. Anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. So I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to say that when things go wrong... We serve a greater God. God is greater than just what, what just went wrong in your life. He's greater. You better preach with me, all right? I said God is greater. Now, my purpose in this series is to help you. I want to get you to expect greater things. We need to raise our expectations to expect greater things because this is what has happened. It's happened in this season. It happened before this. That you expect things to always get worse. Here we go again. We have an entire dialect just based upon our expectations of things getting bad. Oh, there we go again. Uh, we just, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. Uh, I should have expected it. I mean, it's just always. It's always me. It's always hitting me. You know, we just, we just constantly live in that terminology. But we are the children of the Most High God. Amen. We are. Amen. Some of you know what I'm saying, though. Have you ever had one of those now what moments in your life? Uh, sometimes things happen. Can, can I tell you something that will happen? Anybody got kids? Anybody got kids? Okay, they will leave you. Okay, they will. That's not a bad thing. All right, I got an Amen. Some of you got little ones right now. They're leaving today. Not today. It will break your heart a little bit because they don't, their hearts are not bound to you like your hearts are bound to them. Okay? 
And you're like, what are you laughing for? I gave birth to you. You should, I paid for all your food and your clothes. And now you, they will leave you. Okay? All right? Now, I'm telling you that uh, because sometimes when that happens, uh, you go through like some struggle. All right? Some of the things that you think are bad are not necessarily bad. They just feel bad because you're flesh. So uh, I, I also know that sometimes when you go through change, it hurts. So the hurt is not always necessarily bad. Nobody's going to, yeah, that's okay. Just listen to me. Because sometimes if it wasn't for that pain, you would have never experienced that change. And I've been through some seasons in my life where I desperately needed some change. And I made some mistakes during those times. Anybody else ever made some mistakes? I look back over my ministry. I look back. People say, I don't ever have any regrets. I'm not saying live in regret. I'm just saying, I know I did not do everything perfectly. Most things I did perfectly, but... Okay, quit. Now, we've, we've learned about Holy Spirit, right? And was anybody here the last few weeks when I taught you about gifts of the Spirit? How many believe that there are gifts of the Spirit? Anybody believe that? And that by His Spirit, He would like to operate through us, right? He would like you to lay hands on somebody and them to get well. You say, not me. Yes, you. Pastor, would you come and pray? Yeah, but have you prayed yet? No, why not? Well, I just don't have that gift. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? So I'm telling you that because it... I preach about the gifts of the Spirit. Aren't you glad we're done with that? Because now we can get on with things. No, I preached about it. I'm having a now what moment. So now that you know about the gifts of the Spirit and the indwelling of Holy Spirit, where does Holy Spirit live? He lives, where does He live? Inside of me. And He's in you and He's in me. So we are the body of Christ. We're to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not that Holy Spirit didn't have any place to go, right? But he chose to live inside of us. So I taught you about the fruit of the Spirit. I I taught you about gifts of the Spirit. Now what? What are we going to do? Just get on down the road? Please teach us something else. We need something else. No. Right now, in this season of life, while we're on the earth, while we are in a land that is broken and possessed, right? Right? Come on, in this time, we need a now what? Now that you have the gifts of the Spirit, you believe now what? Well, walk in the power of the Spirit. Allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate in you because we believe that we should be doing greater works, greater things. Somebody shout greater things if you believe me, greater things. See, we we can't just talk about it. Finish this great series on gifts, and I hear my, uh, my spirit screaming, now you know. Let's go. I, uh, I have wrestled a little bit in my life, spiritually and physically. One of my favorite sports in all of the world is wrestling. I like football because football is like gang wrestling. Uh, I think they should be able to do takedowns and things on the, at the front, I, but they don't, they don't play the way I want them to. But I have, on occasion, I had the privilege of coaching some wrestling, and 
One of the frustrating things is to teach somebody how to do something and then they get in the middle of the battle and they don't do it. And you're yelling from the side, you know, you know, uh, you know, take the leg, you know, uh, you tell, you're telling them, you know, shoot the half, you know, turn them over. All kinds of these cool little moves and things that you practiced over and over and trained over and over. And then they get on the mat and don't do it. You know, it's kind of like being a, you know, if you're a boxer, I mean, we used to, in the, like in the 80s and the 90s, boxing was the thing. Remember those days? And, and so, you know, you get your gloves on, you can't just stand there. I, I've been trained, I've been working out, I'm at the weight I need to be. Look at these, look at these guns on either side that I've got. You stand up there and just, come on, you got your gloves on. Let's go to battle right now. Let's go fight. This is a fight. Don't just stand there with your gloves on. Make a move. Now, you all surprise me sometimes. I'm so grateful that you come and worship and listen to me. You surprise me that you put up with me sometimes. You even on occasion say amen, which is good, old-fashioned preaching support. Hallelujah. Preach that. Some of that. But if all you do is listen, we are still not going to accomplish what the Lord has called us to do. I came to listen, but I came to be changed. I want to be changed by the word of God. My goals in my own life are becoming heavy. It's not good enough to preach and go home for me. I mean, that even even this, that... That I, you know, I'll, I'll ask the guy on the way out the door, hey, how was that? Did that work out? Do you think people received that? Yeah, honey, it was great. Or she, I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't know what the, the, the thing's going on. She never looks at me and says, well, you know, you could have done better, you know. Uh, but it's, I, I know when that's the truth. But, uh, the, I mean, the fact is, is that for myself, I have to be cautious when I listen. Because I'm not listening just to have a good time. I'm listening. I'm in this gathering at this moment in order for my life to be changed. In order to be convinced of the word of God and leave this place differently than when I came. And then act differently, respond differently, fight better than I've ever fought. Man, that Pastor Rick can preach. I, okay, that's good. I'm glad. I've been doing this for a long time. But how is it affecting your life? Is there transformation? Will you? I mean, we just preached on the gifts of the Spirit. Are you, are you drawing closer to him? Are, are you listening? Are, are you hearing a word from heaven on occasion? Is your heart open? Are you ready to speak? Are you ready to pray? Are, are you ready to respond? Are, are you ready to prophesy? Are, you, you, you see what I'm saying? So, I, I, I want you to have, and you know, sometimes in preaching, I want you to have a great life. I want you to have a great family. I want you to have a great job. I want you to just be loaded with cash, you know, just so much money. But you will never have a great life, the great life that you want, unless you give yourself totally away. Complete surrender to God and his word. And, and we know that's true in life. For instance, marriage, okay? If you have not learned this, marriage is about submission to one another. Constant submission 
to one another. You say, why do we fight all the time in my marriage? Because neither one of you will surrender to the other. You won't surrender long enough to listen to the other individual. See what I'm saying? Uh, all relationships have to do with that, I believe. I mean, uh, if you've got children, uh, you know that uh, that has to do with surrender. And they will take your time. How many know them babies will take up your time? Okay, it's, not, it's, it's their time now. They will take your money. They will, you, you'll end up going to places and watching sport events that you would have never watched before because those are my babies out there playing and you want, to, you want to watch them. It is about surrender. In the family of God, it is about surrender. We submit ourselves to God and the needs of one another. Have you ever heard that somebody has a need in the family and you wanted to help, you wanted to serve? That's about what it is. It's about serving one another. Ministry in general is about surrender. But especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you must surrender yourself to him, your will, your desire. I, I've noticed that the enemy is doing some amazing works right now. I've noticed how the enemy is working overtime. We, we have come to expect the enemy to do intensive evil. Have you noticed that? We kind of expect him to do some great works. We expect it. I, uh, I was paying attention this past week when the Virginia Beach School Board got together, and they went ahead and joined themselves with everything else that's going on uh, in the nation. And if you don't know what that is about, you know, our, our school board jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, it, it's not like they probably felt that they had a lot of choice. But you, you know this, right? Your children now, without your permission or guidance, are allowed to use whatever gender pronouns they identify to choose. They don't have to ask you. They don't have to have a note from mommy and daddy. All right? That's exactly what I'm telling you. They, they can do that. The guidelines also say schools should let students participate in gender-specific programs or activities, such as whichever physical education class they identify with, overnight field trips, intramural sports. Your, girl, your son can now join the girls' volleyball team if he decides that he identifies as a girl. You've heard this sort of thing, haven't you? You know what I'm telling you is true. Hang with me just a moment. I don't want to stay here too long, but, but if it basically... The wording of the document is quite strong, and this is a quote. It reads, school division should accept a student's assertion of their gender identity without requiring any particular substantiating evidence, including diagnosis, treatment, or legal documents. So in other words, in other words, all the child has to do, used to, you had to have a signed letter for anything, right? But now all of that is over. So this, this is the, the, the model policy, and I know this is a big deal, but let me give you, some of you need some help regarding this right now, because you don't know how to deal with this in your family anyway. Uh, is anybody studying about this, or are you just kind of feeling your way through? Because if you're just feeling your way through it, you're going to find yourself in a mess. You need to know what to read. So I thought, let me give you some books. Okay, some books to read. One is by Jackie Hill Perry. Read anything that Jackie Hill Perry has to, to, to offer you, okay? Listen to her. She has a book called Gay Girl, Good God, which is an awesome book about her own life story. 
and the struggle that she had. Or these are some good theological books. One is Can You Be Gay and a Christian written by Michael Brown or by Kevin DeYoung, What Does the Bible Really Teach About Homosexuality? You should study. You should read. You should not just let culture tell you what to do. You should become an expert. So we will offer some courses and classes ourselves for parents because you need to know the truth and you'll be set free by the truth. Right? I don't want to spend too much time here, but one of the big topics here is when it comes to this area, you should, if, if you love, then you should be accepting. So your, your struggle there is because you don't know what love is. You don't understand it, and you're letting this world give you this, and then, you're, then you have other issues. Well, what if somebody really has some of these struggles in their life? You need to get some good answers. How many have had some struggles in your life? Anybody ever had some struggles? I'm not just talking about sexual identification struggles. I'm saying struggles in general. Have you ever had that? So, See, if you just surrender to your flesh, you will die in your sin. Now, please be aware of these things, but listen to me. Don't be so caught up in them that you lose your purpose. We are the church. We are not a political party. We are not a special interest group. We are not here to hate the broken. The broken define our purpose. We are here for you no no matter what you are struggling with. Welcome to freedom. We love and want to reach broken people, but don't be so so caught up in what the enemy is doing in the world that you don't understand that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The enemy cannot do greater things than the church of the living God. I know these things seem great, and the struggle is great, but we serve a greater God. So we're here to build the kingdom of God, and that requires greater things, and that requires greater works. Do you hear what I'm teaching you? It requires you to be ready to do greater things. I'm talking to every believer in this house. It requires you to do greater things. I'm Look, Pastor, I don't need to do greater things. I just work down at Walmart, and I get my job done, and then I go home. Listen, I'm saying whether you are a lawyer or whether you are unemployed, you are a member of the body of Christ, and he's calling you to do greater works, greater things. Greater than what? Certainly greater than the enemy, but Jesus said, you've seen me do great works, you're going to do even greater things than I have done. That's good preaching. Anybody really receiving that? Just say this. Say, I receive that, Pastor. Say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive that teaching. Say it. I receive that teaching. I'm doing warfare for you right now by getting you to comment on what I'm saying. When I say, say amen, try to say amen. Say amen. Amen. The reason you're saying that is so be it. That's what you're saying. You're not, it's not a religious statement. It is yes and amen. Yes and so be it. I accept it. Let that be true in my life. So here's the reality. Your life doesn't belong to you and God is calling you to give your life away. 
And when I say this to you, some of you want me to lay my hands on you so you'll receive passion for the Lord. But the fact is you don't receive passion through impartation or the laying on of hands. You should have embraced this when you had the initial revelation that Jesus Christ is your Lord. I'm saved. I don't love Jesus. I don't know how that works. See, we've spoken about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of fire. You can receive a baptism of fire. Yeah. But I've met some baptized folk, and notice many of them are baptized, but they're not hungry and thirsty. How is it that you were zealous enough to stay in the upper room until you were endued with power, but not hungry about the things of God that he baptized you for? I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, but not into the works. And then we use such terminology as, you know, I'm saved by grace, not by works. You just missed that scripture completely. The Bible says you're saved by grace, not by works, but unto good works that God prepared for you in advance. Read the whole Bible verse. We're saved unto good works, to do good things, and even somebody shout greater things. You would constantly, you, Jesus would constantly put this out for his disciples. He would say, how hungry are you? How thirsty are you? Follow me. If you lay down your life, you'll find it. If you hold on to your life too tightly, you will lose it. Do you remember that great haul of fish in Luke chapter 5, verse 8? That great haul of fish that the disciples caught when Jesus told them to go out deep, deeper and let their nets down. Uh, if you read the rest of that scripture... You know, Simon Peter realized what had happened, and he fell to his knees before Jesus. They have all these scriptures. Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that, had, that, that they had caught, as were the others with them. His partner, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. What did they do with all of those fish? They left those fish? What? They left them? Somebody else got to clean them? The, the, everybody, hey, I'll, I'll take them. I'll take them. You guys leaving? They left their boats. They left their fish, and they followed Jesus. Their nets were so blessed and overflowing, they could have said, Jesus, give us a minute. We got to sell these. We got to clean these. Jesus is not looking for the right deal. He is looking for all of you. He's not playing, let's make a deal. I want you. I want your life. I want your morning. I want your night. I want all of you. And, and there is a heartbeat that carries the anointing. But we cannot be just another gathering of people that receive gifts of the Spirit and do nothing with them. I'm telling you, it got, got any Pentecostal folks in the room right now? Charismatic brothers and sisters, there has to be a shift in the church. This is not about my anointing. It's not about my gifts. It's, it's not about my church. We can be so self, uh, so centered, so self-centered. This cannot be about us. We need to cry out for greater things and be willing to leave our flesh at the altar. Holy Spirit, I give you everything during this season. My goals, my mission, my purpose, withholding nothing, fully surrendering to the Lord. And as we is possible.
I want to do greater works. I just want to keep all my fish. No, leave the fish on the coast. Leave them on the beach and stand up and follow Jesus. I know everybody wants a blessing, but this is not just about receiving a blessing. I mean, when you, when you look back at that story in Luke 5, and, and notice they left the fish. But remember, do you remember that story of the multiplied fish, or the bread and the fish? Remember that? Do you know the big reason the disciples didn't have anything to feed them? Because they had left everything to follow Jesus. So when you leave everything to follow Jesus, it requires a miracle I don't see miracles. You got your miracle. You got your money. You got your house. You, you got your friends. You, you know, you're athletic. You're all, you got, all, listen, I need more than that. Anybody with me? I need more. But the disciples were so overflowing with Jesus that they, they just kept following him. So often the scripture about greater works is taken out of context. Look at John 14. And six, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. And Jesus said, don't you know me, Philip, even even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Now stop. Then he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may be glory, bring glory to the Father. Do you see this? He said, you see the Father in me. I want the world to see the Father in you. I want the words that you speak. I want the life that you live to be the presence of the Father. What do you mean you don't know God? Here I am. If you see me, you're going to see him. And you're going to see power and demonstration of his presence. The Lord says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing and even greater. What are the things, what, what are greater things to you? They're the things that we saw in Jesus. John understood healing, miracles, preaching, multitudes, reaching out to the lost ministry that is accomplished in power. But before we see this, You need to understand clearly this, and I I can can hear you say, yeah, this is going to be great. Where where do people see me moving in the power of the Holy Spirit? So let me just say a few things to you. First of all, the foundation of greater things is not about you. I said it's not about you. I will, you know, Jesus said, I, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. It's not about your Instagram. It's not about your website. It's not about building your ministry name. It's not about your, great, your greater things. When did the gospel just become about us? The, the, the greater things are not about pointing to a logo or an ego. 
They're about pointing to the Father. It's about fulfilling the Father's will. It's about building the kingdom of God. It's not about your ministry and your new clothing line. The greater things are not even about you doing the greater things. How is it that somehow it became about us? Jesus is saying it's not about you. It's about pointing to the Father. People knowing who the Father is. There's been a shift in the season of the church. There's been a move of the Holy Spirit. But this move of the Holy Spirit is not just about the gifts of the the Spirit. It's first about the Father. It's about the revelation of the work of the cross and the good news of redemption. I mean, speaking in tongues, words of wisdom and miracles are not so that people will point to the gifts. You see that person working in the power, in the miracles. No, no, I I am not who is supposed to be worshipped. We can't have the attention upon us. We are not building up for ourselves. It's not that you need another gift. It's not that you need another word. It's that people would know that it is not God's will for you to live as orphans. You would know that you are loved, that you are adopted, that the Lamb of God has poured out his life for you to redeem you and bring you into relationship with Abba. But that in itself is the reason we should see more and more of the power of the Holy Spirit among us. And you in your life and with others. Somebody praise God right now. Would you praise God? And tell, say, Father, it's about you. It's about you in my life. See, when I tell you that, you say, oh, good, I don't have to do anything. No, no, that's not what he said. Amen. He's saying so that people would know the Father. When they saw Jesus, they saw Father. So, and then secondly, greater things happen when we fully trust in God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Which of you, how many have been blessed by your anxiety? You hear what I'm saying? How many have been blessed by the blues? You know, I mean, it's just by worrying, are you going to get through this? Have you added anything to your life this most recent season by worrying? And he goes on in verse 28, Matthew 6, 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. What? You of little faith. That's conviction. I said that's conviction. We worry too much about this. And it adds nothing to us. I believe we're seeing an outpouring. I've heard that, I've heard that Iran right now is one of the fastest growing churches in the world. Anybody heard this besides me? The, but the, the outpouring is upon people who if they give their lives to Jesus, it could cost them their life. Why? I think it's about the reality that it costs them something. I, I, I didn't know when I was five years old and first experienced the power of the Holy Spirit that it was so much about it, it, that, that it was not so much about gifts but surrender. 
didn't, I don't think I realized that. But I, I love this statement. Can we say this? Oh, you of little faith. Just say it. Say it. Oh, you of little faith. You're worrying about things that you should not be worried about. You're concerned that you will not get through. You will, you're concerned that you might uh, die and not live. And you're concerned that you might not be recognized. Oh, you of little faith, really. And now you say you have church hurt because a pastor told you the truth and you didn't like it. That's not church hurt. That's Holy Spirit conviction. You see, part of greater things is that people will be offended by you, but it's not about you. Look at what Jesus says next. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Another version says this. For after all these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly fathers knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Stop worrying about trivial things. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's not time to close the church. Somebody shout amen. amen. It's not time to silence the message because we might offend someone. Amen. Somebody says, Pastor, you need to be careful giving people book titles and stuff like that. Folks, I know that there are Christians right now that are being sucked in because rather than listening to Holy Spirit, they're listening to a flip of the Word of God. I know that. I, I know there's a church around the corner that's doing that right now, you know, giving away all kinds of food and wearing their collars and stuff, but they don't know the Word of God. Time to declare, I'm not here so everyone will celebrate me and smile at me and give me money. I'm here to proclaim and build up the kingdom of God. Question, is there anyone here today that is sick of worrying about what they're going to wear or what restaurant you're going to eat at tomorrow or just worried, I'm going to throw this out, just worried about COVID, 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 COVID. I'm not saying don't be aware. I'm just saying you can't live in fear. He will suck the very life out of you and you'll be dead before you die. There's a struggle that all of us want to see greater things. How do I, how do I deal with the absence of greater things when we're calling out to God and people do not respond or something doesn't happen? I'm going to tell you again, it's not about you. Amen? Fear is faith. In Satan. Yeah, false, false evidence appearing. Shall I say that again? Fear is faith in Satan. If I take the risk, what is going to happen? So much anxiety. And I, I'm personally convicted. I mean, the story of my ministry, I've dealt with fear, I've dealt with struggle, I've dealt with heart wounds. I'm not saying don't contend with your heart wounds. I'm not saying don't deal with what's going on in your heart. But what I am saying is you can't allow that to control your life. Yes, be wise in this broken world and in times of sickness, but God is still God, and God has a plan, and we should stand against this plague in the name of Jesus. But there are, there are these two massive moments where I see the disciples learning to move in a greater way. One was that Luke in 5 and 4, when, when, when uh, uh, Jesus had finished speaking, and he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper, 
and let down your nets to catch some fish. And, and Peter had already fished and hadn't caught anything. But then in John 21, Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered, no. He said, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and they drew in a multitude of fish. Listen, notice he doesn't say get out of the boat. He says go deeper and he says go to the other side of the boat. Jesus is saying you are where you are, but you got to do something different. You can't be doing the same thing in the same boat and expecting new results. It's time to lead in another direction. I have greater ways of doing things, God says. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I got to finish up. Somebody come to the keys. Let me finish this. You know, I'm talking about a greater way of worshiping, a greater way in the house of seeking your face, a greater way of building your kingdom. Stand with me. I got to finish. And finally, I want to say this to you. I want to close by saying this. Greater things applies to anything. Greater things applies to anything. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I love the anything prayer. I think people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. So many people are sick and tired. But God has been answering prayer. Sometimes when he answers, we don't even acknowledge it. I said, Lanny Dalton, a week ago, was in the hospital on a ventilator. Today, I saw the picture. She's sitting in her room, dressed, feeling well. Somebody praise God. I'm sure James probably, I said Jesus did that. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. We love medical care, but they don't have all of the answers. My father created it all and has power over life and death. Somebody praise him. I keep telling you stories about what Jesus did for me. And I'm telling you, he's not done doing miracles in my life. Provision has been the story of my life. Provision, provision, provision. I am not a rich man. I'm rich spiritually. But, you know, I, I'm not in competition with anybody here. I just, just so you know, I'm not. I, but I remember just wondering, oh, God, how are we going to make a mortgage payment? How are we going to pay the electric bill? Oh, God. How are we going to do that? And he did one thing one day that I'll never forget. I needed $5,000 and did not ask for it. It was a Sunday morning. I didn't hint around. I didn't play. I just prayed before church with a couple of the brothers who knew that we had to have it. We just had to. Somebody walked in, sat down, and without knowing it, wrote out the check and dropped it in the back in the bucket. I saw that, and to this day, I'm st- telling you, God does part the Red Sea. He does heal the sick. I know I don't always see everybody jumping up and running, but I have seen people who couldn't walk stand up and walk again. Won't God do it? 
Somebody, I said, won't God do it? Won't he do it? Is he, ain't God good? Won't he do it? Has he provided for you? We are moving into a greater day of miracles and power and deliverance. But don't look at me. Look at you. It's not about you. But God wants to use. Who does he want to use? Who does God want to use? Who does? Is there anybody willing? Freedom is a place for people to get free. Salvation is here for you today. And power as you leave this place. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let's celebrate that he is here as we receive communion. Before we close this gathering. And you walk out in power. Amen. Amen. Jeez, I am fired up today. Anybody else fired up? You be careful. You'll be praying for somebody at Target. How many believe we'd see more miracles if we'd pray for more people? Anybody believe that? Just walk down the boardwalk. All kinds of people need Jesus. Go to work. You'll find them. Share the gospel of Jesus. Take a chance. Take a chance. You want to see a miracle? You want to see the devil disrupted? You want to see his power disrupted? Talk, about, talk to somebody about something that they may not be comfortable talking about. No, Pastor, we ain't supposed to talk about things. No. Really? You probably never read the New Testament, did you? What if they convict me? What if they are angry at me? You let Holy Spirit handle that. We're here to set people free, not to just get along. Jesus. Anybody want to be like Jesus? Anybody want to be like Jesus today? I want you to forgive everyone that has hurt you and wounded you. I want you to go ahead and forgive them. Come on, we can't move into this power without forgiveness. You can't move into this. Just say, I forgive. Say it, I forgive. Some of you need to know exactly who it is. There are some people, when you even think about them, you get angry. Forgive them. You say, you don't know what they did. Don't play with me. I've been doing this too long. I know what people do. Forgive them. If you need to forgive me, forgive me. I forgive you all the time. I'm sorry. That was nice. You ready? This bread is the body of Christ. My body broken for you. I want to be with you. My body is broken for you. I want you to be healed. I want you to be empowered. Take and eat it and remember me. This cup is the blood of what? Jesus said, my blood poured out for you, the blood of the new covenant. Take it and drink it and remember me. Now let everyone give thanks to the Lord for his good work on the cross. Everybody give thanks. Everybody give thanks. Spirit Life team, come and be ready to pray for people. Come and be ready to pray. So our prayers are for... Anybody like miracles? Anybody like miracles? If you're sick and you need a miracle, I just call for the Spirit Life team to come. So, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if you've committed any sin, it will be forgiven you. Amen? So anybody that needs healing, they're here for your healing. Listen, listen. Some of you need to be empowered. 
Some of you have never been baptized with fire. Hallelujah. You say, I don't want to be baptized with fire. That's hot. Well, the house cold working for you. All right, so if you want to be baptized with fire, we'll pray for you that you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you want to see miracles move in your life, or you just got a need you want somebody to pray for, I want you to start moving now towards the front of the building. God bless you as you start moving now. Maybe you're watching right now and you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to go ahead and confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. Confess Him. Say it, everybody. Jesus, you are the Lord. And repent of your sin. Turn to Him. Confess Him with your mouth. Confess Him. Allow Him to come into your life. Cleanse you from all of your sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing. Praise you, Lord. If you're giving your life to Jesus, you need to tell somebody about that. Come up here. We'll pray for you. God bless you all. As you're being dismissed, you can come forward for prayer. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. God bless you all. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on down for prayer before you leave. God bless you all. Sing.